Beer Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, whenever you listen to this podcast, make sure you subscribe and hit that ding-a-ling-a-ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. Why would you not want to hear my lovely voice every week? Don't know why. Uh, as <laughs> as always, my name is Gavin. I've got my usual drinking buddies. I've got Carl. I've got MD this evening with me. Good evening, gents. Hello, Hello. fellas. And tonight we're joined by Ollie from Mirakai Brewing Co. Oh. and Johnny. Oh, and Johnny from the Craft Beer Channel. How you doing, fellas? Be A slightly more um, subdued uh, intro for Johnny because last time he was on, I gave it the big kind of boxing intro. If you remember, yeah, man. What's ha- have I have I have I slipped in the two years it's been, and now I'm just I'm just Johnny. Gav's got, a nine, Gav's got a nine-week-old baby. It's a miracle he's able to function and, <laughs> and present this podcast. So. Yes, slightly different podcast. Um, we're focusing definitely on the real opinions aspect of the podcast as well as the real beers. Um, but we're going to focus, first of all, and go around the table or the virtual table and see what we're drinking to start off the evening. Uh, Mark Dixon, you can kick us off. Why don't you, mate? I knew you were going to come to me first. Um, uh, it, was your, it was your hoodie. It was like... Come to me, come to me first. I'll make sure and know where this is next time. So yep. I'm drinking um, a beer called uh, Tear It All Down um, from uh, our good friends at Wilderness uh, Brewing um, down in Wales. Um, this is a 6.3% Seward Ale. And I know you guys have had um, this particular beer before and I'm just always late to the party with stuff like this. And... It's a typical, um, or not a typical beer that I tend to to go for, put it that way. But I thought, given the topic that we're going to kind of get dive into, Wilderness are um, a brewery that are part of um, the, the the Brave Noise sort of um, initiative and stuff. So I thought, why not get stuck in? And to be honest, it's just a really, really flavoursome beer. And I'm not surprised for James because... James doesn't make bad beer, and if you have listened to the podcast, um, make sure you buy his beer because he hates, hates packaging it up and selling it. his beer, and he will tell everybody never to buy his beer ever, 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 because it's a ball ache for him to package it up and actually sell it. And he but hates good comments. His beer's awesome. It's um, It's got a wee bit of farmhouse funk. Um, it's slightly undercarbed i think um in terms of so it's going down even easier than it probably should mm. but um it's got a lovely multi aspect to it as well and it has a slight sour funkiness that i tend not to like but is really palatable this time to be fair so ah, good lad good lad moving nice, on nice to hear you're enjoying that uh mr muir okay so um you're joining me in the the Highlands um, of Scotland here, and I'm drinking a lovely wee number from Cromarty, um, and it's called Peabroch. Um, oh. To to all those Anglophiles, a Peabroch is a a slow and mournful um, style of music played on the bagpipes, um, and this is the beer is a wee heavy, um, and it's a seven percent uh, belter. Big heavy. I have, I have to be honest, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, there's no very much we about it, um, apart from probably the bitterness. It's 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 really low on the bitterness, and it just makes the malt totally sing, like it's it's so malty. Um, and the, the, there's there's a wee bit of smoke malt in there as well that just it just adds a depth of flavour. Um, it's it's really rich. It's really Moorish, um, and uh, it's absolutely stunning. I would I would love to have this on on tap. 
Um, but out the can, it's absolutely superb as well. So Cromarty knocking it out of the park again. Right, sounds good, mate. Um, Johnny, what you got, mate? Well, I'll tell you what, I was, and you saw me pour it earlier, I was drinking Schönrammer Pils, uh, which is a, a, a German lager beloved by the the, the beer Twitterati. Um, but then suddenly I realised with the topic they were drinking tonight, I definitely shouldn't be drinking beer from the most conservative beer nation on earth. Um, <laughs> and should probably be drinking something from a, from a, a woman-owned brewery. So I dived into my kegerator and grabbed out a can of Bitter Lake uh, by Burnt Mill, which, uh, I mean, their head brewer is... Um, one of the most amazing brewers in the country, certainly when it comes to malts as a former maltster uh, in Sophie. So uh, it's a, an amazing um, West Coast American pale ale um, that just sinks with pine and, and yeah. resin and caramel. Um, I got to crack it carefully because I dropped it uh, oh, a couple of days ago. So, I mean, who, who knows what could happen when I crack this, but... Tech, tech boom. Yeah, it can go everywhere. Uh, burnt Mill for me, yeah. I absolutely love Burnt Mill. I think their beers are unbelievable. Um, one of the best Westies. Oh, big time. I can't remember the name of it. And whether it's the one you're pouring, uh, Johnny, I don't know, but i done a bit of a Westie off and they were up there for sure. Just delish. Absolutely insane. Love the beer. Also, Canfields are fantastic. <laughs> Labels are amazing. Mm-hmm. FYI. Uh, go for it, Ollie. What you got, mate? Hopefully you've got your own beer. I do actually. It's the, the beer we're talking about today, Brave Noise. Uh, yeah, it's the one of the very few cans I actually have left in the brewery. We, we sold out before we'd even packaged everything. So uh, I was a couple of uh, I kept aside, and yeah, the, the, that's the last one I think pretty much for, for today. So yeah, so Good it's luck. awesome. It's mosaic and uh, sabro, the standard, but we've added a little bit of Idaho Seven in there just to up the flavors, and yeah, it's just lovely. A wee, a wee Ollie twist. I'm on the same. I managed to grab hold of a, a litre of it from my, my local tap room. I rushed this afternoon to go and grab some. Um, it's tasting fantastic. I mean, I lo- I'm a massive fan of, a fan of Sabro and beers. I love that coconut you get from it, that creamy coconutness. Um, nice kind of stone fruit and dry finish on it as well from the mosaic. It's tasting super, mate. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. That Brave Noise beer is tasting superb. Um now, we've mentioned it twice, and we're going to mention it a few times uh, in this conversation about Brave Noise. If you haven't heard of it before, it's a, probably the biggest social movement in the industry at the moment, and it's a campaign uh, against sexual assault, sexual harassment and racism, and kind of gender discrimination within the industry, and we're trying to make it a, a more accessible and friendly place as possible. Um, kind of disclaimer at the start of this podcast, the same as kind of what Johnny did at the start of his video. Um if you feel like there's there's none of that in the industry and you think we're talking nonsense, just give us a chance because 1,500 stories um, about all that kind of tells you there probably is a problem. And if you've watched a certain documentary that got aired earlier this year, you know there's definitely a problem. So, And you're probably thinking as well, what are five white males going to know about sexism and racism? But we're going to challenge it and we're going to have an open conversation about it, um, and rightfully we should do. We're we're a media platform in the craft beer industry, and if nobody else is going to talk about it, then who is? So we're going to kick off with us doing it. One podcast I will um, mention that you should definitely go and give a listen to. Um, it's kind of the the first half of this kind of conversation was a women's brew. Um, all your other half, Emma, was 
uh, on that podcast and it was a full female panel talking about the issues in the craft beer industry and we've kind of got the second part here where it's our all male panel so hopefully in a few weeks time we'll kind of all get together and we'll have our open discussion all together but I want to kick it off with an all male panel this evening um, I'm going to kick off by just saying I didn't realise how bad it was um, or if there was a problem and that is probably me being completely naive to the situation and the stories that you heard from yourself, Johnny, when you were talking to um, Brianne, who started this initiative, and the fact that it all just kicked off with one little Instagram story is insane. Yeah, I mean, one of the first questions I asked Brianne when we did our video was, were you surprised by the number of stories? And and her answer was really interesting because, firstly, she said no, absolutely not. If you're a woman in this industry, you know that it's, it's... it is it is endemic well not endemic it's pa- it's pandemic Every, everywhere you turn there is there is sexism in the craft beer industry but what was interesting interesting is that she said but she didn't expect it to be her friends yeah that were replying with these so she kind of thought she kind of thought i see it all the time but it still felt sort of isolated enough in it to think that it wasn't happening to everybody else to the extent that it was to her yeah. so it's a really interesting thing that um like you say, you know, we we know it happens, but we don't know the scale of it. And I think perhaps Brienne was was kind of the same. Yeah, and it's in, like the story. You can jump on an Instagram page, and I'll put all the links to all the the, the Brave Noise uh, website and the Instagram pages, etc. But it, to go through them and to see all these stories, and there's other kind of um, media outlets and Instagram people who are doing it as well. Our friend Siobhan, the British beer girl, she's been on it as well. And there's breweries that big breweries that you just didn't imagine these stories would be coming out of. I mean, the two that came to mind when I or when I was looking through them that that popped up while I was looking was Anarchy and Northern Monk and I was like yeah, we've all seen the Brewdog documentary and we're like, right, okay, fair enough and Brewdog's Brewdog, but to hear it from other smaller breweries where where you thought they would have kinda more ethics or the, a more family kind of orientated kind of community it's just to hear it from coming from those was surprising as well i don't know about you mark uh yeah i, th- I think that like i just want to touch on the your the the brew dog is brew dog comment i think that stems enough like by saying it that way and <clears throat> i'm not going to dive too far because you like if you're well, a, we'll get we'll get comments saying no you're just but, you're, you're shitting on brew dog blah blah, blah but i, I think for me, I would totally sort of agree where you're coming from. I was um, maybe a bit closed, closed-minded. That's maybe the best way I would put it to it. Um, and I haven't. We're working on the outskirts of the industry in terms of like yeah. um, the podcast. Um, so you know, we we dip our toe in and we're speaking to people, but day to day, obviously we don't see it but to see people that we have spoken to and have good relationships with and those breweries being mentioned is it's a difficult thing to to read and hear uh from from where i'm standing and that's the bit for me that's shocking but at the same time if if there's something that's there then it needs to be brought to attention it needs to be looked at it needs to be kind of ironed out and rectified so that we are kind of all working better together basically um, I, I, to- I totally agree with that and i think that, that first and foremost i'm a, a craft beer customer i'm a consumer yeah. you know we do this and this this is this is purely an excuse for me to get together with my friends and, oh. and chat about beer and we're, we're extremely lucky to, to be joined most weeks with with 
wonderful people from the, the, the craft beer world and, and, you know, talking about beer and, and brewing and, and that kind of thing. And to, to see, to, to, to see that these kinds of things are going on under the hood is quite, quite saddening, but also helpful because it, it, it draws your attention to, 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 to where, yeah. Um it's happening. And and the one one of the key things I took out of your interview, um, Johnny, was was what can we do as consumers? Because if, you know, although although we have a media platform and we are talking to people, first and foremost, we're consumers and and you know what can we do? And it's it's be informed, you know, be informed about who you're buying your beer from and and you know what kind of companies the guys these these people are running, you know, what, what are your ethics, what is your what you know, what, what code do you operate by? How do you run your business? And and if they tick all those boxes for you, then yeah, I'll buy your beer. But if you don't, then no, I'm not going to. And 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 breweries, breweries will go out of business pretty quick if you don't buy the beer. So I think um, as something that I mean, it it actually it hit home. Let, I mean, certainly it did during, during um, this sort of Me Too movement. But even before that, I'd started losing sort of interest in people talking about independence in beer because I'd started to think that actually independence is a means to an end. It's not the actual mm-hmm. important thing. What matters is what you do with that independence, what you do with that freedom to do the right thing. So craft beer for way too long has traded under, you know, under the guise of independence, meaning the same as good ethical. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. definitely not. There are bad that- people running independent businesses all over the world. Exactly, and that's and that's that's another key thing that I took out of that that whole discussion and, and my, the various reading that I've done is that we we've often not preached, but we've often advocated the 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 friendliness and the approachability and the collaborativeness of the craft beer industry, and I don't think that can be denied. That that certainly between between breweries and stuff, a collaboration is is you know definitely a cornerstone of the industry. And openness as well, in, in terms of recipes and your processes and all that kind of stuff. I'm quite sure if Ollie had a, a conversation with another brewer from another brewery and was asking about, you know, technique and equipment and you know methods and, and all that kind of stuff, everything would, would go hand in hand. You know, it would, it would be a conversation that would flow. But what what is clear is that local, sustainable, you know, pushing boundaries and all that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily mean. That they're being ethical at the same time doesn't necessarily mean that they're treating people correctly, their employees and and, and things like that. It's it's you know it's really opened my eyes to that whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Ollie, you've been obviously you started your own brewery and you've worked in breweries beforehand. I mean, have you witnessed this yourself? Is this a surprise to you, or you have you seen it before? I hadn't seen it before. Um, I do have a obviously a couple of female friends who do work in the brewery industry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they have previously worked for the uh, brewery that shall not be named. Uh, and yeah, they left and they told me the, the stories of what happened there. And it, it was yeah, it was shocking knowing that that happened to them. And yeah, it, it, but I didn't realise the scale of it. Yeah, as you said, 1,500 stories pretty much, which is crazy. It's like, it's like it was under the surface and no one really knew about it and no one talked about it. And then thankfully someone dropped a stone in and it went everywhere and it's come out and yeah i i've never seen it at a festival but I, i've been so drunk at festivals i've probably not been paying attention that's the problem um luckily enough um from our brave noise we're actually giving all the money to the, the coven um who are doing well wellness officers 
yeah. for festivals. So there will be someone there to have your back, which is always a good thing. But yeah, I have to say I, I haven't noticed it. But then again, I, I've never been to a festival actually properly as a brewery. Yeah. I've only ever been there as a punter drinking. So again, I don't know what happens behind the scenes yet. So it'll be good to go to my first few festivals this year and actually make sure it's all good, basically. Yeah, and, that, and the thing is the craft beer industry is, is kind of advertised and advocated this place that everyone is welcome and it's a, a comfortable place to be and um, no one will be discriminated against and everyone's welcome, but in actual fact, it's, it's almost a bare-faced lie. In fact, it's, it's, there's, there is stuff happening. Those those stories are coming out of people being harassed, sexually assaulted um, and racist comments. It's just... In this day and age, it's just, it's not right. And it just shouldn't be happening. And again, again, I mentioned it as a, as a panel of, of five white males. It's, it's something that I've not come across much. And it's just probably like you said in your Johnny, uh, in your video, me just being completely naive to it all, completely naive and just not recognizing it. And then we should be able nowadays to, when you see something to stand up for it and question it and go, what are you doing? And go up to breweries and say, so a part of the brewery's noise is um, you have to kind of have your code of conduct up and and how your um, your processes and stuff. And as a punter, you should be able to go up and question a, a brewery, question a tap room, and say what's your code of conduct, what's your ethics, etc., and find out about the brewery before you can make a, a choice as a consumer. You go, you know what? I'll, yep, I'll, you your ethics kind of go with what I, I'm looking for in a company and what I'll stand stand for. And if a brewery isn't ha isn't willing to kind of be upfront and tell you what they are and show you them, then kind of fuck off. <laughs> really? Well, as of I think it was last year, there was over three thousand independent British breweries, and only including us nine have signed up to Brave Noise which is pretty shocking, really. Um, it, there's Bedlam, Cloudwater, Fierce, Lane, Bull City, Park, Amity, and as you said, Wilderness earlier yeah. on. And then us, obviously. Um, but yeah. Do you think there's a reason shocking. why? Is, I think there's a reason, another reason, not because these, these breweries aren't ethical, is there another reason why they're potentially just not signing up to this? Or is it just complete naivety? I don't know. You'd think by now that the Brave Noise movement would have sort of, they'd know about it on hopefully want to take part in it but yeah it is it is odd um i i love other breweries to take part in it because it spreads the word and it makes a place a safer place yeah hopefully well, for, for, so to play devil's advocate and and you know i wouldn't know the first thing about about how to write you know if i was if i was to, to try and write something to, to put on our social media platforms or 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 or, or Spotify or whatever it is, you know, I I think I would really struggle with with that. So, is there a is there a function within Brave Noise for for breweries and and you know people in general to try and get help with that kind of thing? I don't know if there's like a standard code of conduct. I think they just hope hopefully they like you will write your own. Um, I mm -hmm. believe Emma wrote ours, um, and it's available. It's it's on our website, and I think there's a link through to all of our Brave Noise sort of awareness stuff. Got it on their website. <laughs> there, there are loads of resources on the Brave Noise website. Yeah. So if anybody's that? not sure how to write a code of conduct, um, I think there is a template there. I think yeah. there's also lots of um, resources you can go to that will show you the kind of stuff that you should be putting in, the kind of stuff that you need to put in, the kind of stuff that you shouldn't put in. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that Brianne, on top of that, was very keen that everybody you know did put their own 
um, their own philosophies in there so that each one wasn't just a carbon copy because that's yeah. sort yeah. of been the whole issue all along. It's exactly. been so easy to yeah. get lip yeah. service to it and go, yes, we're against racism. And you're like, well, what does that actually look like <laughs> in practice? If For you're you. in a neighborhood yeah. where there's, you know, lots of people of color, that's got to be a different code of conduct to if you're in a place that is almost exclusively white. We can't yeah. just say anti-racism. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely resources there and people need to do the research. But I think that is part of the reason why not many breweries have signed up to it. I think A, there's a lot of research involved. B, yeah. there's a donations charity involved. C, there's a beer to brew involved. And 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 this is why I think it's important that you know five white guys do sit down and have these conversations. I think also there's increasing reticence to stick your neck above the pulpit in craft yeah. beer at the moment. And and I understand it, but it's it's really disappointing. To see, I mean, from the video that we did, you can see that when you do stick your neck above, you get all sorts of fucking vitriol coming at you. And, and you know, we did one post um, and that was kind of the first time we'd ever really stepped, you know, dipped our toes in that. So God yeah. knows how exhausting it is for the people that have been advocates for this for years and years with people like us going, oh, I don't think it's that bad. Like not to them, but in the back of our minds because yeah. the, the penny hadn't dropped. So I think... You know, some breweries might not want to do a Brave Noise one, particularly the larger breweries, because they're thinking, well, then, you know, when the stories come out about us that we didn't know about, because we're all we've all been naive to this, where are we going to stand? And I think they probably look at people like Paul from Cloudwater, who, like everybody, has has his flaws, but definitely has his heart in the right place. Just getting hate beyond anything I've ever experienced, well, well beyond what is socially acceptable when he's actually as I say, some flaws aside, such a force for good in this industry. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like, getting on that, I think, like, I was going to say, is it a lack of knowledge? That's where I was going to go with the with, with regards to Brave Noise and there's people not, like, heard about it or, like, have you kind of dipped the old head in the sand sort of aspect of it? But it has been, like you say, kind of rippling through the industry for the last, you know, 12 months or so you know like and it's building and building and building for from my point of view like and i was going to tell you, johnny you kind of mentioned that there like it's the i don't want to do it in case a story comes out about us afterwards mm -hmm. sort of thing and that was the kind of the point but for me it should be the other way around it should be like we we stand against all this and if heaven forbid that a story or something does come out in you know six months 12 months time at least you've got you're saying we've done we've done everything in our powers to promote and like get away from this toxic environment and if there has been an incident or incidences that mm -hmm. have happened previously that we were unaware of we will look into that we'll investigate properly we'll and we'll look after like and Having nine out of three thousand or whatever it is um, breweries, I, like you say, I think is it is quite appalling. And considering it is only it's only one brew, you know, you can do one brew, and the money and all the rest of it is going to go to a charity. And you know, and I know that's a really bad way to think about. It. Like you know, you're giving you know, like people think, oh, you know, we're running a business here, we've got a bottom line to think about, but I. I'm all in, under the, the the sort of the assumption, you know, that if you do like, I'm a big karma guy. If you put good things out, good things are going to happen. And I know this is a really delicate topic that we're on, and 
like you say, if people are scared that something's going to come back and bite them, that should not be the reason for yeah. signing up to doing something that is overall good and is going to have a it's not an impact on just your brewery as a whole. It's opening up, like, in your community, for example. You know, these breweries are hearts of towns, they're, they're hearts of cities, let's be honest. Pubs and tap rooms, people yeah. flock there of a week, weekend, to, you know, let their hair down and enjoy the, the experience of that. And if you're then promoting that anyone of color, race, sexuality, whatever it is, is uh, they are welcome through our doors is surely the power of good. Like, and it's interesting yeah. that, like, Johnny, you saying that, like, it might be that way. I just think it should be the other way. Like, there should not Yeah, I mean, be- I, I totally agree. And the code of conduct, it's not just for the consumer. It's not reassuring the consumer that, you know, if, if you're um, being harassed or something in this taproom, we'll do something about it. It's also saying yeah. to the employees, it's like, if you have been harassed, we have a code of conduct where we know how to fix this. We have external HR or internal HR, or yeah. we have a way to to deal with this. So putting in that code of conduct, even if it's after something has happened, is still such a positive step. Agreed. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I would... You know, if if a story did come out about a brewery that released a brave noise beer, I'd be like, well, thank God you've got you've done the brave noise campaign because you're gonna know how to deal with this. How to exactly. deal with it exactly. And exactly. on the, the the brave noise website, and there's there's an app as well that you can download um, to report these issues as well, and you can do them anonymous on anonymously. Excuse me. Um, easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically have. And if you've had anything happen to you, you can report it um, anonymously and nothing's going to come back on yourself and that'll get kind of dealt with and, and reported to the brewery. So I completely agree with you, Mark. If if there's a brewery out there that's scared about stuff coming back, that's the, if not anything, the perfect time to do it. Like, put it out there. Make yourself make make yourself almost slightly vulnerable to that somebody comes back and go, this happened to me. You go, really apologize. We did not know this, this happened. That's this is how we're going to sort it. It's maybe mm-hmm. that, like you say, it's the old like opening the can of worms sort of thing. Like they're they're scared that by sticking the neck out, and we've mentioned the popping yeah. the head out of the sand today. If you, but by doing that, you're going to get the old whack-a-mole. You know, something's going to come in, and <laughs> you know, and uh, again, I'm. Uh, it's hard. Like I'm not trying to make light of it, but at the same time, like it's the only way that I can sort of kind of express that sort of aspect um, yeah. and, and what, what it does what it does is it creates a culture and it creates an environment where it's safety to, to report these things talk about you, know, you might you might you might find that there's people in your business that that these kinds of things have happened to but they, they don't they don't know where you stand as an owner or as, as a as a you know a director or whatever they don't know where you stand so if you come out and say this is where i stand this is yeah. where i want my company to be this is where i want my brewery to be then they might feel that they, they are safe enough to raise the issues that they haven't raised before. And that's one of the things that I found most upsetting when I listened was, was the sheer number of people that, that have that have experienced these these things and not felt safe and not felt able to report them. Yeah. Um and and the, the behavior is reprehensible, but but almost not as bad, but but the, that 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 upsets me as well. That, yeah. that the cult, the culture, and the you know the fear is there. It's it's terrible. So I, I watched 
obviously watch your video join and then watch and then listen to your podcast and stuff and well like i said i mentioned it i was i was listening to the podcast while i was driving up to scotland and had my wife in the car and we we ran a pub for six eight months in oxford and i finished listening to the podcast and turned to her and i've never asked her this before and and i mentioned that what the brave noise campaign was and i said have you ever experienced anything like this before and she's like yep in a heartbeat she's like yeah definitely um she's like yeah pretty much all the time and i was like so why and it stunned me i've been with my wife eight years now and i was like why didn't you ever mention it and she's like and the words that came out of my mouth was just kind of normal you just kind of used to it as a woman and i was like holy fuck like that absolutely floored me that mm-hmm. that was just seen as normal to have comments made about you um kind of sexual innuendos and sexual kind of harassment and i was just like that it made me feel absolutely sick to my bones that that she didn't feel comfortable one to mention it to me and that it was just normal i, I mean i think if, if i could go anybody that's skeptical that there's a sexism issue in the beer beer industry i would implore them to go speak to their, their closest female friend or, or partner and just ask them if when they've been in tap yeah. rooms or when they've worked behind the bar or if they've worked in a brewery what how, how much you know kind of sexism they they've been party to and they every single every single one of them will say every single fucking day and some yep. of them will go you know it's all right you know some some women can can handle it they don't mind it and some will say it's the reason i left the beer industry and there were so many of stories like that on on brianne's instagram stories of people you know brilliant talented people that this industry has lost because of the horrific systemic sexism and and it just going back to Cam's point about how almost the, you know the systemic failure is almost as hurtful as the actual incidents that are happening. Like, I I totally agree because to some extent there's always going to be bad actors. Society is generally getting better, but there's always going to be bad actors in whatever industry you're in. And what is most disappointing about this is how completely the system has failed out of pure arrogance of the owners, out of pure naivety of of everybody involved out of the isolation the fact that people are too scared to report these things means that we all sit there and we've all sat here tonight and gone you know i was aware of some of it i thought some of it was happening but we didn't know yeah you know the 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 extent of it that is because the system fucking failed because people didn't feel like they could say it your wife was being sexually harassed and you didn't know about it my wife hasn't been sexually harassed but has like told me when all this kicked off she was like yeah we go to events together and people won't even look at me when i talk when i'm stood next to you <laughs> and you know i i guess like like a real dickhead i initially was like oh well, you know maybe it's because i'm a face in craft beer people might know who i am and yeah it's like i'm certain not everybody that <laughs> didn't look at me didn't know uh, knew who you were and i was like thank yeah thanks for taking me down a peg but also even things as simple as i mean i'm sure it was on one of the comments on your uh on your youtube video was that that you know a woman enjoy that enjoys craft beer asking a question of a member of staff at a brewery or a tap room and them answering to the to the man to their to her mm. husband or her partner as if to say well you you won't be interested in this so I'll talk to your man you know and even even to that low level it's just so prevalent yeah and and you know lots of people would probably say what well, you know that sort of everyday sexism they can just you know just shrug that off what is it but it it's the sheer you know it, if it's every single day how exhausting would that be to every day 
be passed over because you're you're a woman in in the beer industry or a woman in a bar it's just like the idea of that makes me feel so incredibly so tired with the world and so incredibly guilty for the instances where i have i've 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 definitely witnessed stuff like that i've witnessed full-on assault at festivals and to my eternal shame i didn't react quickly enough and actually my colleague who was next to me bryn was like in there like a fucking shot and i was stood there still (laughs) processing you know what what was happening because i just i just i i I didn't know how to intervene that's something else that brave noise have also you know, really tries to get across. It's how you intervene safely. And, you know, a lot of the time that's you go to the bar staff, you go to the security um, and, and and you address it there. But sometimes like Brindage, you you just have to step in. And you just go for a flying drop kick. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you'd met Bryn, that was very much not his approach. But um, I, I don't know. I think it's what I like, because I think also as well as being scared of, you know, sticking your head over the parapet, I think as consumers, we're scared about, inflaming the situation and i think yeah. that it's quite important that as a group of men we should have that discussion as well like yeah. how do how do we intervene when we see it without making it significantly worse and and the brave noise have lots of tips and, and lots of the you know like um uh, siobhan and other people have sort of given suggestions as to how we can do that and, and be sort of the ally that we all yeah. think we are want to be it's definitely one of those things i like i know like i mentioned my, my, my wife and stuff and the comment she made for me um made to me i should say is one I wouldn't have known how to how to react if she did tell me at the time when said things were happening or comments were being made. Um, I probably would have done a bit of a Will Smith thing if I'm being completely honest, um, which probably isn't the best thing, and probably would... <laughs> <Very much not. laughs> and would probably escalate things to uh, to even worse. Being a, a a little cocky Glaswegian who thinks I'm the bollocks and, and I'm clearly not, um, it would definitely have been kind of the way I would have kind of approached things but yeah you like you have to approach things sensibly and properly to make sure you one rectify the situation two as well you kind of need to educate that, that person as well that's made that comment or has, has done whatever um I don't know how, how I would approach it like I said I don't know what I would do I'd probably need to well, read I, I said you know before you guys came on um we, we, we were sort of discussing what, what we were going to say and how we were going to talk about things and you know I would like to think that that if I seen something happening, you know, that I would that I would do something. Yeah. You know, whether it whether it be the right or wrong thing to do, you know, wade in all guns blazing or whatever. I'd no. like to think that I would that I would be able to stand up and do something. And um, but it's good to know that that there's that there's resources out there, you know, that can that you know that can have tips and stuff for for you to be able to de-escalate the situation. Um, and and you know talk about it properly, um, and let's be honest, that might not always be easy when you're in you know particularly if you're in a tap room and you know everybody's a bit inebriated or you're at a festival yeah. and everybody's you know well oiled and having a good time and, and all the rest of it. But these kinds of things are vital. You need to to be aware that these kinds of things are going to be happening and be you know know how to deal with it. It's important to know that the staff now will be well trained in how to do this. Like yeah. all these festivals, all these bars now. So go, going to the staff who are trained to deal with these things is the best is, thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Unless unless somebody's in danger, the right. best thing to do is is I think yeah. to go to the I think staff. It's reassuring, especially if you're going like to the kind of Bigfoot festival that will be happening, or any of the We Are Beer festivals around the country, or whatever beer festival that you know there will be there'll be somebody there you can go look. By the way, I think you should go and that should be looked at and stuff so definitely reassuring um can, can i ask ollie a question oh sorry oh, no, yeah. no, go no. for it go for it 
I, I was just going to ask Ollie, you know, because we let me change beer a, <laughs> a little while ago. Uh, you know, we talked about how only nine breweries had signed up. Um, what what inspired you guys to sign? How did you find out about it, and what inspired you to sign up? Where Two thousand nine hundred and ninety-one breweries didn't. <laughs> well, it was it was again it was Brienne really. It was all during lockdown, and the stories just kept on rolling in on my Instagram and on Emma's Instagram, and it was just like this is just crazy. We we've got to do something. Um, and then it was mostly American, and then suddenly some of the English ones started coming in. It's like okay, yeah, we've definitely got to try and do something to to, to basically just stop this from happening if we can and just helping yeah prevent and just make a, a, a brave noise really about it so um that's kind of how it all just came about um yeah it was just the sheer just like i was just amazed and aghast at, at just the stories that were coming in and yeah it was just like me and emma had a conversation and yeah, it was, there was, that was it. It was just like, we, we had to sign up for it. And yeah, it did take a bit of time to do, get the whole of our, um, oh, what's it called? We were just talking about a minute ago. The um, code of conduct. Got, got that, took a bit of time for, to, to do that and get it through. But once that was all done, it was straightforward. And yeah, and it just, it, it, it had to be done. It, it, it needs to have someone like me who's a white cis male just helping and trying to trying to put a voice to people that don't have the voice in the industry as much as they should do. So, yeah. yeah. One of one of the things that I think you kind of like touched on. I think one of the the big issues, if you want to put it that way, is, and I've seen this through some of the comments and and reading. It's like like why bother? You know what what difference is my little, you know, voice going to make or, you know, all those kind of things. And there was loads of comments based around those sort of issues. And like you said, you, you and Emma had a conversation and you felt that this was something that made sense for you and your business and for the industry that you work in. And, you know, and, no, like, no offense to this, but you're, you know, you're a small brewery and a huge, like, you know, you're one brewery out of 3,000. Um, and then not including all the other, like, media and staff and everybody else that works within the industry in the UK. Um, and your one little pebble has created a ripple that then leads to if it's, MR Bex from um, the Women's Brew uh, mentioning, and um, and then Cam and the, the girls that were involved in that, and you know Johnny, you've done your bit in terms of you've made a no done done your bit, but you've created a ripple, and you know I think just having these conversations, I, I'm, I, I'm by no means saying it's we're we're going to cure or like this is going to be changed overnight, but by opening up this conversation. And I'm coming back to this doing good things again, is surely for fuck's you're sake. You're all about you're all about karma, big man, aren't you? We're gonna create a I know well that, we're gonna create I, big enough karma that'll be a big fuck off pebble. I just but that's you never that's know how way. far those ripples are gonna exactly. go. Exactly. You but, know, and and you know, it, it might it, it's easy it's easy to sit here and say, you know, that you don't know how far these ripples are gonna go. And it's it's not always that easy for somebody to create those ripples, you know. But if you're in a position where you can create those ripples, 
and you can, you know, to, to use the phrase, do your bit, when you can do something, not do your bit, but you can do something yep. to help, then please do it. You know, I think people maybe now have, have forgotten that, you know, Brianne was uh, a, a, a well, she, head, head brewer head brewer at a yeah. very good lager brewery in a small suburb of Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, she had tried before to raise these issues quite frequently. And in fact, to the point where some people in the sort of the local industry to her were sort of almost, she said, rolling their eyes and like, oh, here goes Brianne again. <laughs> and then this time, one story about a construction worker being a dick and saying what she can and can't do because of her gender. Just that sentence just makes me livid. Um, meant that she started a, an international campaign that was telling stories. Then they brewed a beer with some leftover hops and decided to call it Brave Noise, you know, in sort of response to what had been going on. And suddenly that's a national campaign as well. And now she she's founding her own brewery. She's got an Instagram account spreading these stories and campaigning for this with something like 70,000, 80,000 followers. So, you know, that, that wasn't even ripples going out. So that was a fucking tidal wave that has also <laughs> completely changed her life. You know, and it you can you can just be a small a small pebble a small cog and make incredible amounts of difference. And you know the yep. same has happened with with Fanny Wandel over with the her work around McKellar. Yep. You know how hard did she have to work for McKellar just Mickle just to say <laughs> you know what maybe there is an issue maybe I should look into it. That was months of campaigning and months I'm sure of endless hate directed towards her because McKellar just like brewed up sorry the brewery. <laughs> the one we mentioned also have these cultish kind of kind of followers yeah um so yeah like you can be a tiny pebble and make a massive splash yeah. exactly a lot of small voices can make one hell of a noise if they all come definitely together definitely. So, yeah, so. definitely i think it was the one thing for us like we we definitely wanted to kind of stick our necks out and, and have a, a conversation like this um, months ago, um, when that said uh, documentary came out, and have a chat about it, but at the time we were like, "Oh, we're not big enough," and um, wh- what's the point in the four white males talking about it? It just doesn't make any sense. But like Emma got in touch with us about it, and we're like, "Actually, it makes it like it makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't we kind of have a conversation about it? We've got, we've got listeners who." have followed us, followed us for the last four years and continue to listen to the podcast, why would we not try and educate them to hopefully make sure that wherever they go and enjoy craft beer, that wherever it's a safe place for them and safe place for the people enjoying it and they will be educated as well. So why the hell not? Like they said, small ripples make a big splash. And these 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 conversations that we're having now, five white guys are, you know, it, even though it can't really start with us and it should never start with us and the decision shouldn't necessarily be made by us. We have to be having these conversations because otherwise it's, you know, we're, we're restricting those those waves coming out. We have to be one of those waves. We have to be listening and then amplifying. That's the best thing that we can do short of intervening. When we see it, the next best thing we can do is amplify. So anybody that comes on here and says, "Oh, another podcast of five white guys talking about sex in the industry," you're like, "Yeah, isn't it fucking amazing that we're doing this? <laughs> it's so important that we're all doing this, and every podcast in the world should be doing this. 100%. It's great because yep. it's not just craft beer where this problem is. It's every industry that, that people work in. Uh, and three guys, three guys are on the podcast tonight working the craft beer industry. Myself and Callum do not, and there'll be issues within our cooperations as well that that aren't 
they're not visible um but there, there could be issues and if there are issues within your company or wherever you work and whenever you listen to this podcast voice those issues because there's somebody out there who will want to hear it and will want to help you so definitely definitely voice what? your opinion just on on that like the like the, the the whole small voice thing like if if this is something that resonates with you um and you've listened to i don't know what we're 40 minutes in or so um if you've listened this far you're you're i suppose it, it must mean something or you've turned it off by now put it that way but, or you're waiting to comment and stuff yes. well if they are then <laughs> yeah. I, i'm looking forward to giving you the uh the the johnny's uh perfect responses um yes. for when it comes around but uh, open this up like we've spoke about the whole nine breweries thing like if this is something that resonates with you speak to your local brewery yeah ask them have you heard about this? Yeah, if you have, this is something, as a, a local consumer, this is something that has, like, I've heard about that I'm passionate about or I've got a, an interest in. Is this something that you're interested in? If so, here's, and put them onto the website. You know, let's see if we can even create a, a conversation with lo- if we can get, local If we can get brewery. to it, instead of nine, make it ten. Bingo. And no, and that's the next wave. And and, and also, you know, there, there is kind of in this world, there's a, I think we feel uh, as, as, as producers, they probably feel the need to be performative to show what they're doing. And as drinkers and consumers and followers on social, we feel the need to see them doing it. But even if brewery, you know, they don't, they don't generally brew with Mosaic and Sabro, which might have been a reason why some sort of more traditional brewers didn't get involved. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Ollie's looking like, what? <laughs> Everybody brews with Mosaic. Um, even if you don't do that, like, you can still do the code of conduct. You can still use it. You can still sort of learn this and you don't have to have to do the, the, the sort of campaigning element. It's obviously greater if you do. Lots of voices are louder and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think... You know, we need to also encourage breweries just to do the work. You know, yeah. Um, it's it's not an either or kind of situation. No, it's, I would it's be super important. I, I would be totally up for seeing a traditional like cask ale brewery make a, a mosaic and sabro cask beer that all you know or something weird and wonderful. But you know that that aside, like you said, the 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 point is that it's it's sharing the message and you Definitely. know creating a beer. Um, off the back of it, it's one thing, and you know the the money going towards uh, a charity that is going to have another knock on effect. If it is extra help at festivals, if it's you know creating um, internships and jobs and stuff within the industry for you know people that haven't had access to it before, I think that's wicked. Uh, so yeah, like you say. Um, Every little helps and that. But it definitely say. does. Um, we've not talk, spoke much about beer lately. Um, and Callum was showing off his little can there of beer. Um, <laughs> he was very pleased with what he was drinking. He I was, saw his face yeah, be like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Are you on the can? Are you, Callum? Are you uh, on the can? Oh, <laughs> are you on the can? We're not always narcissistic as you all <laughs> <laughs> It's all Emma. It's always Emma. She doesn't see it. She doesn't see enough of you at home. She know, yeah, see her. She's got to see you on every can as well. Or at work. I never get yeah. away from that. <laughs> Before we find out Ollie's face on a can, Cal, what have you got? So I was. Uh, I confess that I hadn't um, read the list of nine uh, breweries, 
Um, and just by chance, I picked up a cloud water beer um, today <laughs> um, and I'm drinking that at the moment and prepare yourself because this is a bit of a mouthful and it's called I Say We and I Mean You and I Don't Know How. Um, so that And that's the title of the beer. Um, and it's a, it's an 8% double IPA, Motueka Citra and New Zealand Cascade. And it's absolutely superb. It really is. It's just, it's, it's like a big fucking mojito... <laughs> In the glass. No, seriously, it's so good. Lemon, lime, citrus, up the guzuba. It's just so good, man. Honestly, it's it's, and it's lovely and boozy for an 8% beer. Um, it's got a great mouthfeel, and uh, it's absolutely stunning. Really, really is. I'm so chuffed that I might have picked it off the shelf. I really am. Of course, uh, it's a cloud water dipper. You can't exactly, go wrong. You know, yeah, exactly. It's what they're exactly. founded on. God. That's it. What did you expect? <laughs> so I mean I don't I don't I haven't I haven't had many cloud water beers um in in, in the past so um it's still a bit novel for me but hey oh it's good <laughs> sounds good mate sounds good mate Ollie your face is on a can why uh basically it's part of our fusion range so it's got to dance is the one I'm on and then our, our illustrator is on the other one which is fusion state mm-hmm. and they're blendables so you can buy both cans. Nice. Drink them individually and then blend them together, and they make an even better beer. So, mm. so the uh, the <laughs> one make I'm an on, even better beer. <laughs> the one I'm on is an oak cream IPA um, with mosaic and Idaho Seven. Not that I like that combination at all. Didn't, definitely didn't. <laughs> no, I've never had that before. No, no, no. And uh, the other one is Citra Raquel. And then yeah, and that's a wheat based New England, so it's sort of based off of a Trillium style recipe where it's more right. wheat based than uh, oats. Well, there's no oats in it at all. And then you know, when you pour them together, you get a lovely wheaty, oaty, creamy, poppy, gorgeous thing, basically. So, yeah, so. Oh, mummy, daddy. Exactly. <laughs> I do love the, I love the idea of, of mixing beers. And, and it's very is, novel, but I like it. Is that like a trend thing? Like, is it something that you think will come, is becoming a little bit more popular? Or is it just because, like you say, from a brewer's point of view, it's, it's, it's it's become easy to brew one beer, but let's brew two beers that combine together to make a perfect third beer. You do beer. have to think about what beers you're brewing, otherwise, yeah, it could be a complete like shit show. But um, luckily enough, <laughs> I, I thought about it. Uh, I was influenced by the Alchemist because they have a heady topper and focal banger. And I was at Northern Monk, or well, me and Emma at Northern Monk's uh, Hop City, and they had the cans there, and you can blend them to make head banger. Nice. All right. And that was like four years ago and I've not seen anyone else really do much about it there was those tiny little cans that got released that were on top of each other I saw that but I hadn't seen anyone else do it I think keep keep going back to Cloudwater but I think when they did V4 and 5 they said you should try 4 and 5 separately and then you should blend them ah I never knew that I, I think that's right. Either that or I was drunk and blended them for no reason. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's how these sort of things come about, let's be honest. It's like yeah. like you've, you've had a skin fill and you just decide to pour beer into the same glass. But I know Fierce done it. They had yes. the the big the big part the big night in pack and it was um big night one and big night two and one okay. was like a uh coffee porter and the other one was like a, a sort of like a it was basically like a like a jam pale and they were it was like having a coffee and a donut when you mix them both together but they were both like eight percent each give or take so yeah see that sounds awful for me look alike it was awesome but yeah it's just a nice gimmick 
and it tastes great and yeah that's the main thing isn't it you know yeah. if you, it tastes amazing so why not go for it exactly when it tastes great why not i i am on queer bruins ipa the burst into bright and um, this is full with new zealand cascade and um, it's tasting absolutely delicious super floral lovely and citrusy tropical notes coming through which is really really nice it is sitting at a lovely sessionable six percent gentlemen um where did i get picked up this i picked this up from a local um bottle shop um Bidorama, um which i'm definitely visit once uh, a, a few times more because i've got some mirakai stuff um but yes it's very very nice and definitely a brew you should get involved in if you're looking after looking for ethical and diverse kind of breweries who are um encouraging and looking after people properly and speaking of breweries um have you have you got anything on the go johnny oh in in my home brewery behind me yeah go for it home brew what you got what have you got going on Uh, i I haven't actually got anything in tank at the moment um i know but uh, (laughs) next week we're brewing our next homebrew collaboration which is i'll tell you what i'll i'll say some of the ingredients and you can tell me what the brewery is so there's there's six malts. Right. <laughs> there's we're we're doing a double mash. We've got um vanilla. Because it must be a pipe portal or something. Cacao nibs, coffee, yeah. cinnamon, uh hazelnuts. Uh is that everything? UK brewery? Not a UK brewery. I was gonna say that doesn't sound sorry who? A Munzen? No, but we're we're in the we're in the right part of Europe. Oh. Omnipoyo. Oh yes. <laughs> That's a collaboration I'd like to do. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're pretty pretty lucky to have, have um wangled that. So we went out went out there about three weeks ago um to visit the Church of Omnipolo, their new brewery. Uh so tomorrow, as we're for, as we're recording this tomorrow, uh, our feature, 35 minute feature all about Omnipolo goes live. Uh, which I finished editing about three hours ago. Um, and then, yeah, we're brewing brewing a, a pastry stout collaboration with them. Two pastry stouts. One is Brad's Amazing. Breakfast, which is cinnamon and coffee and vanilla. Oh. And I'm recreating my wedding cake, which is cacao nibs and hazelnut. That's a cool Amazing. idea. Very nice. Okay. Katie makes your efforts on Friday seem a bit amateurish, Mark, doesn't it? A little bit. A little what bit, did yeah. you brew? We brewed, we brewed in New England um, on Friday. Um, that was... Interesting. Um, <laughs> we, we decided we decided we were going to do a double a double brew, um, and just to try and to see how both of our setups sort of handled things. So Mark's got the sort of grandfather type all in one kit, and I'm just in the Stone Age. So I've got a big pot that sits on the hob, <laughs> and I I brew everything in a bag. Brew um, a bag. Yeah. Uh, so. So yeah, that's what we did, and it was pale malt and some oats and some wheat and some honey um, malt, um, and the hops were citron mosaic, El Dorado, and Sriracha Ace. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, and, and tons of hops. Well, certainly for us anyway, tons of hops um, were in there, and I'm quite we're, we're 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 actually super excited about this one because this is the first time that we've actually done a brew and we've cared about the water um <laughs> so we've, we've done some brews and certainly the stuff that i've made here um i've been happy enough with, uh, listeners to the podcast i'll know you know billy to shilling is the beer that i've brewed a couple of times and and i've been really happy with how it tastes but it just feels a bit sort of 
you know, limp and a bit watery. Um, and the, the people that we've spoken to um, in previous episodes had said, yeah, you, you know, check your water out. So so we've done that this time. We've, we've got the, the salts and stuff in, and we've, we've really gone for it to try and, you know, get the water profile right. Um, so fingers crossed. Fingers Good. crossed it yeah. works out no. for this one. You'll be amazed the difference it makes when we... Well, I hope so, mate. I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward just to trying it. I don't do any brewing. I just try. I just, yeah. I am chief sampler. It's yeah. the most difficult part of brewing is water. Mm. It's, it's horrible, but I've spent a long time working on mine, so I'm, I'm quite happy with my water now, which is good. <laughs> well, that's so you've got to get it checked every, like, six months, otherwise you can be out of kilter within that time, and then it's just a pain in the ass at professional brewery. So. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a lot of hard work. It's um, quite nice at the moment. All my tanks are full. That's hey. good. That's what you yeah. like to hear. So we're canning on Thursday. We've got a single hopped um, hazy pale, uh, Idaho 7. Nice. Nice. I've just brewed yesterday a single hopped citra pale. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, our next fruited beer, the super, super fruiter. Uh, it's mango, passion fruit, raspberry, coconut, marshmallow. That sounds shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's about with all the adjuncts included it's about 260 270 grams per litre of adjuncts good Ooh. lord my goodness so it's, it's a goodie um, and then the last one is a stout for Emma because she absolutely loves stouts so we're doing yeah, that season yeah. mate nice hot weather it's a great time yeah. for yeah. stouts <laughs> it's a it's a six uh, no 5.8% uh, marshmallow maybe raspberry I don't know yet uh uh, uh, milk stamp basically. How's, uh, how's I've, I've not come up to the brewery recently. How's the little barrelage number getting on? I haven't touched it. I don't good, know. Good lad. That that was the answer I wanted to hear. I really want to touch it, but I'm not going to. Nope. At least no, no, no. Two months. Don't touch it. Do not touch Two it. Months. No. Don't touch. What's that in it. the bottle? No, no. Twelve percent imperial stamp. <laughs> Which will be lovely. Um, to get us back on track. Um, back to Brave Noise um, and the, the campaign the, the, the kind of question I want to leave us with and get an opinion from you all is, is what, do you, what do you want to see from the industry kind of 8 months, 12 months 10 months down the line of, of what changes do you want to, to see in place from the industry, from breweries around the country and the craft beer industry as a whole, Ollie uh well, hopefully, with, with the help from us and hopefully other people will join up as well, we'll have more, well, we'll have the well wellness officers at all the festivals. So that will be a, a start. So we'll have actually people there who can look out for you that aren't just bar staff. They're actually trained professionals to, to do it. Yeah. Um, but basically, just more breweries signing up to, even if they don't join Brave Noise, just actually having their own proper code of conduct that people know about, and just yeah actually not just burying their heads in the sand and actually dealing with problems that are in the industry so yeah. that would be that would be what i'd like definitely johnny yourself you've been um, you've, you've been doing this long enough you've been doing it longer than us just. yeah I, I means i probably should have been campaigning about this for longer <laughs> but um i i think that in in 12 months it's got to be the systemic change mm. that's what's really important so the the ability for people to feel safe in reporting um so whether that's yeah like wellness officers whether it's independent yeah there's been lots of debates about hr departments in beer a people don't have the budget for it and b there is an argument that hr departments exist to protect the company not the person so 
external HR departments can solve both of those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so that framework so that people can report safely so that you can want to walk into a bar and there is literally signage that says, you know, um, if you're feeling unsafe that you, you can go to the bar staff, um, that, you know, steps are there for if you are being harassed, if there are racist yep. comments, all of that. And then I think the other thing I'd love to see, which is which is where, you know, Craft Beer Channel comes in, where where this podcast comes in and, and all the other platforms is to encourage some kind of change among drinkers so us to become discerning and to move the debate beyond independence and towards ethics so i don't mind if you're half owned by some you know venture capitalist firm if that venture capitalist firm is a sustainable uh like only invest in sustainable companies or b corp companies or well actually not b corp because fucking (laughs) fucking Macbeth brewery um (laughs) But so that people can, you know, people will look at the ethics, the actions and the words <laughs> of actual breweries, not just how, what percentage of them is owned by another company. Yeah. And then obviously you still have to then be cautious about what those owning companies are. I mean, it's a world of difference between a Sahi and a Heineken in terms of the ethics of, of, of how they act. So yes. discerning, discerning ethical drinkers. Definitely. Definitely. Here, here. MD? I think, oh, it's hard to kind of add more for me i suppose the simple thing is just um more education around this topic and you know if like kind of johnny said that there's a a space in every taproom bar uh, brewery that is uh, a space that is safe that you can report um, and then we're just like the breweries and people within the industry are just, I want to say more aware. And I, I know that's, it's, uh, it's kind of annoying me that we've kind of all said that a little bit, that we've just been unaware of it. And I mm-hmm. think that's part of the problem. So um, just being everyone being aware of like their surroundings, the, the personnel um, and you know, being true to yourself and others around you, really. So it, it all comes back to just the knowledge aspect of it, um, to be fair. Callum? Yeah, I, I mean, like, like Mark says, it's kind of hard to add. Yeah. But, but I think I think moving forward, you know, going into to bars and tap rooms and stuff, I think it's important that that it's clear that, that you're in a safe space. Um, and and I think more, more effort, should be done to 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 promote that um, because it's not immediately obvious when you, when you go into yeah. a place, you know, and 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 that for me would be good. But I think I totally agree with Johnny that, that from from a twelve month perspective, you know, we we really need to see, you know, a systemic change um, because if we're still sitting in twelve months time, I mean, we should do that. We should book it in, book it in twelve months see, time. Honestly, see and, if we have, have to have a, to have a re, you know to revisit this conversation in twelve months time and see see what's happened and see what we've done. You know more more at the point. See what we've done about it um, um, moving forward. But but I would like to, I would like to think that in twelve months time that real progress has been made. But here's hoping. No, fingers crossed. Like you said, if we if this conversation is still going, it's it's sitting at the same point in twelve months time. It, it'll be really really disappointing. I'd love to see like your, the guys are saying like some signage available on tap rooms, pubs, wherever you're you're, you're enjoying your your beer. Um, for me as well, like media outlets who who are kind of covering craft beer, like ourselves, the Beer Fish Podcast, any podcast or or YouTuber or whoever is in the craft beer industry, just 
I know it might be a scary thing to stick your neck out and talk about these issues, but it's an issue that needs to be spoken about. And like we said, all these small voices and the, the it, it just magnifies the the issue and it gets out there that there is an issue that there is a problem out there. And altogether, we we can fix it, but it will take time. But don't be scared to talk about it because um, it needs to be spoken about. And like I said, it's a thing that us in the podcast we we hummed and hawed about it, and then it was a case of why not us? Why 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 will we not? Why why don't we talk about it? Like we've got a platform. Like we should definitely talk about it. And it was always for us initially. We 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 didn't want to do it because of, oh it's four white guys. What what the hell do we know? But then I go and ask my wife about it, and she's she's had things said to her in the past um so yeah stick your neck out talk about it because someone you never know who's listening genuinely you don't you don't know who's listening sometimes i think nobody fucking listens to this podcast but we've been doing it for four years <laughs> so somebody must be listening <laughs> for us to not, do anymore. It. not anymore not anymore yeah. woke snowflakes blah 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 Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's the comments I'm waiting for. Oh, it's just oh, it's the millennials. It's but, the snowflakes of the world. Oh, they can't take a joke and all that. It's it's. I'm too but, old to be a millennial. Oh, well, you and me both. There mate. you go. So it can't be true. I, just, I mean, I, I just was like, I mean, we we got lots of horrific comments, and we've we've sort of mentioned those, but and we lost. I know we lost about a hundred subscribers, but hey, I'd yeah. say that's a small cost for the importance of the conversation that's, that's, that's being had. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but but B, I mean, in terms of what we have have gained in terms of um, the conversation that's been had, and I think the respect and the connection that we've managed to make with those that do listen is really important. And you know, that video was watched by ten thousand people. We had ten people be utter twats about it. We had a hundred people say, "How great is this?" And there were nine thousand people in between those whose minds we might have changed. You know. Yeah. And that's what's what's really important. So as the saying goes, fuck the haters. And, you know, it's great to continue connecting with great people. But it's those people in the middle, people like us a year ago who didn't know, now fucking know. And that's what matters. Definitely. Here, 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 here to that. Um, as always, uh, if you're on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, go over and head and search for the Craft Beer channel and like, follow and share and subscribe to everything that Johnny is Johnny and Brad are doing because it's well worth it. Um, especially the the bubble podcast, the wee thirty minute podcast. that's um a lot shorter than this. Um, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> to say the least, and it's um definitely worth a listen. Go and subscribe; you won't be disappointed. And make sure as well you head over to uh, Mirakai again. Ollie making fantastic beers for me, a brewery who are very um understated and are coming up in the world of craft beer and one of my favorite breweries um not only because you're you're about 20 minutes for me but yeah. <laughs> well, Honestly, I just found out but because we, you make fucking good beer just found out we've made it through to the second round of the core collective uh craft cup which is a bonus is that we like is that well, like well. is that like the kind of the the world cup of football now yeah basically well the the the, the British premier of football, I guess. <laughs> who who have football. you been drawn against in the semi-final? Uh, Atkins well, we Stanley. We were against, <laughs> we were against Ampersand in the first round, and we we beaten them, which is great. So yeah, we didn't make it through to the we made it through didn't even make it through the first round last year. So we're already better than we were last year. So that's that's always a bonus. Yeah, Amen. and you're you're part of the Beer Hawks one to watch. Um, just want oh, to say yeah. you are yeah. one of, you are one to watch before. We said that before Beardhawk, FYI. <laughs> they obviously listen to us. Exactly. 
delay, so fuck them. Um, and <laughs> while you're... <laughs> no, no, we like them. No, I, I would... I, that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different conversation, that one is. Um, while you're at it, search for the Beer Fridge Podcast and all your social media platforms, like, follow and share. We are sponsored by This Week in Craft.beer. Head to This Week in Craft.beer, sign up to the free weekly newsletter, get all the craft beer news from your favourite breweries and that all-important craft beer list as well. Head to our Patreon page and you can do the same for the Craft Beer channel. Uh, become a supporter of the podcast and get exclusive content and get some craft beer, or homebrew I should say, from the guys as well. They're brewed, they've just brewed, as you've heard, so they'll send you some, unless it's shit. <laughs> Never shit. It's always drinkable. <laughs> it just depends on what you're we'll starting. Send it anyway, man. We'll they'll, send they'll get it anyway. Get, if I can, they'll get sent it. Exactly. Patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. <laughs> that advert was so good till the end. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll send you unless it's shit. Johnny, you, you've obviously never listened to this podcast before. This is the exact level of the adverts at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the best bit is like I put my bingo my bingo voice on at the end. Yeah. So like that like in the middle, you get the you get the, at the start, you get the bingo voice, and in the middle, you get the Glaswegian, and at the end, you get the bingo voice again. It all it's a whole journey. In. It's a, it is a whole journey, journey on the craft wow. beer, craft beer channel, the and the beer fridge podcast. Um, real beer, real breweries, real opinions here on the beer fridge podcast. I hope genuinely you've enjoyed it. Make sure as well if you haven't already, go to the Be- uh, Brave Noise website bravenoisebeer.com for all the resources that we mentioned and you also the recipes on there as well if you so if you're a home brewer you can go and brew the beer like johnny did and i'm sure the guys are going to do it as well so get yourself over to bravenoisebeer.com for all your information as well I, my name's gavin that's Callum. that's mark johnny ollie what do you want i've just forgot to say we're also doing a raffle where we're giving away like i think it's five packs of 12 beers um it's two pounds for a single entry five pounds uh, you get three entries, and again, it's all going to welfare offices for the Brave Noise Trust. So get raffling, get raffling, get yeah, raffling. We'll put the details. We'll, if you give us a link, we'll put the details yeah. on. Uh, no we'll put the details. Retail, on. Details will be below, and you can grab yourself some raffle tickets. Uh, beer fridge podcast, real beer, real breweries, real opinions. I will get this finished at some point. Until next time, cheers, bye. Bye.